Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. All right, welcome, Gladiators, to another episode of the Sword and Shield. I'm uh, Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, 960th uh, COG Superintendent, and today with me I have... Hey, this is uh, Chief Bischoff, uh, Command Chief, 960th Cyber Wing, your Command Chief. Uh, glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you, Chief. And we also have a special guest. It's uh, Chief Master Sergeant Jeremy Malcolm, 10th Air Force Command Chief. Awesome. Thank you, Chief. Uh, welcome back, Chief Bischoff. I was wondering if you can kind of uh, let the gladiators know what you've been up to and, uh, you know, say a few words to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so lots of changes while I've been gone. It's like you guys wait until I got out of the building and like, all right, quick, he's gone. Let's let's start doing some some awesome, cool stuff. Um, but no, so uh, I uh, I got a call to uh, to handle some special stuff down at Eglin. So I've been uh, down there hanging with a bunch of uh, F-22 Raptor folks and uh and some t38 folks uh 44th fighter group so um helping them uh do some stuff and and get to uh to the 960th level of awesomeness um uh been very interesting going back from from the kind of stuff that we do here to to being in a fighter uh, fighter group right. obviously a lot of the terminology was a little bit different and uh and personalities were a little bit different and everything uh, it is very very, very different having everybody in the same spot. So there's like 209 folks there as opposed to our very distributed chunk of folks. And they've got one mission. I'm like, right. wow, this is, this is like a mancation here. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> not nearly as diverse as, uh, as being at the, the 960th, but, um, very, uh, very glad to be back. And I'm going to give a quick shout out here for, uh, for chief Howard, chief Howard has just been crushing it while I've been gone and, and doing awesome stuff and getting things like this up and off the, off the ground. And that's the, uh, that's the kind of stuff that's the innovation I'm excited about getting back here and, and being a part of again. So, uh, just glad to be back and, and looking forward to, uh, to reintegrate. Awesome. Welcome back, chief. Uh, no, it's glad to have you back. Uh, you know, uh, is, uh, you give us a lot of credit, but, uh, it comes down to the base that we got set, right. We're, we're changing that culture. We're building up towards, uh, uh something new. Um, I, I'm going to. Not to bag on uh, our Raptors brothers and sisters, but I think that the digital daggers down here um, are probably a lot more fun than uh, just uh, going out there in, in Florida, right? That that absolutely is true. I, I'll tell you what, we have a way way cooler mission, and uh, and we're doing battle every day. So I'm like, right. uh, yeah, gotcha. You guys are you guys are cool, and and you know, flying around the flagpole and stuff. But uh, yeah, you you can't beat cyber. That's well, we're everywhere, right? That's the that's the cool thing about uh, cyber. And, and I told them that I'm like, look, you know, you, you guys are all like, you know, super, super, uh, super awesome and super cool. But uh, I got to do with a keyboard, I'll shut you down in about eight seconds. So <laughs> you're welcome. Right. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Chief Malcolm, welcome to uh, to uh, the Sword and Shield, and we appreciate you taking the time today to to speak to us. And then you're going to be around the uh, the wing a little bit today, at least uh, GBSA specifically. Mm -hmm. But you've uh, also been able to go out uh, to a uh, other units like the 23rd recently as well. Um, I was wondering if you can kind of give us uh, some insight of what you're seeing uh, out there as uh, the NAF command chief. So the first few months uh, since I've taken over have been very interesting with with COVID. Um, so we haven't been able to get out on the road as much as we would like to, um, which has been unfortunate. Um, but we have been able to stay in contact virtually, um, reaching out to units, kind of helping uh, with, with kind of these uncertain times and what we're doing. Um, the last 
three weeks, uh, General Borgen and I have been able to get out to our units. Uh, you mentioned uh, up at uh, Travis uh, yep. 23rd Combat Com, which was an awesome visit. So I, I think uh, I think some of our airmen are out there excited to kind of see somewhat of a, of a normalcy getting back, to, you know, um, yeah, getting back out there. Um, so we're getting some good feedback on that. Um, you know, we were we were kind of torn on whether or not it was the right time because we have a lot of people that are still teleworking right so when we go to a unit visit uh, we're very aware that we're going to miss seeing a lot of a lot of our people um, but that's just kind of what we have to deal with you know we're, we're going to try to capture uh, and, and see as many people as we possibly can and then hopefully uh, this thing will kind of die down a little bit and maybe uh, maybe next visit i'll be able to see uh, a lot more people Right. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, the 960th is uh, somewhat unique, but most wings are right um, with our GSUs. I think that uh, the good thing that we're taking out of this COVID situation is uh, the ability to find new technology um, and new processes so that we can reach across uh, multiple GSUs and still connect on a regular basis. You know, I think that that connectivity piece that you, you brought up of, of seeing that normalcy. Um, is is helpful, and I'm hoping that the, this technology, things like the podcast, uh, Zoom, uh, and uh, the CVR teams that uh, getting used regularly, will help uh, build some of those bridges that we were seeing um, before. What do you think, Chief Bishop, about uh, you know COVID and the changes that are coming along? Yeah, it's um it, it's been uh very different. Um, obviously, I think we were teed up a lot better. One being reservists, so we're used to being somewhat mobile. Uh, we're used to these challenges that I can tell you right now, uh, a lot of our active duty brothers and sisters out there were, were not prepared for, um, like VPNing in, they very rarely ever had to do that. We live off that when we're not here. So that was, right. that was a big challenge for them. And I think it, it's highlighted a lot of things to make sure that we have capability and scalability within our, our networks and, and within our infrastructure that we hadn't planned on before. So I think it's put a lot of good light on there. I think, Cyber folks have really led from the front and being able to engage because uh, as opposed to a lot of other folks, we're used to being able to, it, it's about plugging in, not where you plug in. So if right. that's if that's at your office space, if that's at your house, if that's um, you know somewhere in between, uh, we, we work as a very versatile force. And as long as we have connectivity, then we're able to do our jobs and, and we're calm, hot and making stuff happen. And I think that's been something that's been very hard for a lot of other uh, disciplines and a lot of other folks to be able to adapt to. But I think I think they're getting there, and um, you know I, I've just been very proud of of how the 960th overall has been able to respond and continue hacking the mission, doing business, and you know shooting bad guys in the face through cyberspace, right. um, you know regardless of uh, of uh, the sniffles. So yeah. no, I think uh, you know that that plugging in, no matter where you uh, are at, right? That that's a key piece, and I think that uh, I recall a conversation last. Uh, day or two uh, with you, Chief Malcolm, where you're talking about some of that engagement as leadership. I didn't know if you can kind of expand on your thoughts about uh, leadership and the importance of engagement. It, it is, you know, uh, it's, but, you know, we come from a citizen airman culture, right? So um, we have to embrace that. We know that that we have TRs out there that have very demanding civilian jobs. Um, and as we as we move up uh, in ranks, uh, typically responsibility level is going to continue to go up. And it's tough. That's a tough balance uh, for like a senior chief to have a demanding civilian job and still be able to lead at a very high level. So, um, you know, we try to figure out ways uh, and technology is a perfect you know opportunity to make sure that you stay engaged through different types of uh, apps. We use GroupMe all the time. Right. Um, we talk about uh, the triad between the commander, the first sergeant and the, the senior enlisted um, and and staying connected. So like those group me apps have been perfect because it's right. just a simple text message between the three of them. And then everybody's already linked in, they know what's going on. Um, it, it just, it's helped out quite a bit. So, um, 
you know, we, we try to, uh, we try to make sure that, that our folks are staying engaged, um, but we try to make it as easy as possible. And, and currently, uh, with I mean, the good thing that's coming out of COVID is that uh, we have learned to try to tap into technology even a little bit more to try to help with uh, with with our leadership. No, I fully agree, right? Uh, and I think Chief Bishop also put a nugget in there where um, that paradigm shift across the Air Force really happened with DOD-wide, right? Um, we as reservists, we're already... Um, pretty uh, in tune with finding ways to kind of connect, um, not only uh, from a work perspective, but with the personnel throughout the month. Um, and then this COVID thing helped, uh, you know, make that uh, societal push mm-hmm. where the, a lot of those uh, applications really started coming on board. Um, DOD wide, they uh, put in a lot more infrastructure, allowing us to connect um, virtually a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, clearing the roads for some of these applications and then finding new ways to make those connections between Zoom meetings. I mean, think about it. Uh, what this time last year, we wouldn't have thought about doing a Zoom meeting with a family member. Yet right. now it's become normal. Yeah. Um, and yet now we're taking that and bringing that to the office space and making that connection with their airmen. Right. I think the other thing too is, and now you know most of our cyber warriors were were aware of this, but as the the demand signal came out there for you know using different technologies and so forth, a lot of people went on a lot of different apps, not knowing you know, the security risks or the vulnerabilities. Right. And luckily, most of our folks were aware of that. So we kind of knew, hey, here's here's good platforms to be able to use to communicate uh, effectively. And here's ones to, to stay away from. Right. Definitely. And the other thing that uh, we learned through this, too, is, is you know, to to make the adjustment. I mean, you know, a year ago, I don't think uh, uh, there's a lot of us that didn't really believe in teleworking or believe that it could be as effective as it is right now. Right. Um, and, and I'm one of them, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I like to come into work. I like to look people in the eye and, and, but I, I've realized that people can be as effective, if not more effective working from home. So I think that has changed the way that we, uh, we have looked at, uh, you know, our, our work schedule and how we can do stuff. And I, I think we're going to be better for it coming out the back end of this. I, I would agree. <clears throat> I think the other thing though, that's, that's incredibly important though. So I, in my civilian job that I had previously, I, I telecommuted for four years. Right. And I can tell you, it's it makes it a lot more challenging. And, mm-hmm. and I think some of us are, are seeing that. We've been doing it for a relatively short amount of time. But, you know, you miss a lot of those small conversation and those those nuances. And and the big thing that I know I've been dealing with, with working with the 44th Fighter Group and, and folks being there is, one, making sure you're responsive, right? So if you're if, if I shoot out an email and I don't hear anything back for a couple of hours, uh, that kind of gives the wrong optic. Uh, or if I give you a phone call and I, I hear waves lapping on the beach, that's that's <laughs> probably not a good thing. Uh, but the other thing, too, is is I think people are learning that you have to be very careful um, using some of these these different avenues out there, whether you're sending an email or whether you're you're shooting a, a text message to somebody is because it can be misconstrued very easily. And there's been a few issues I've had to deal with where. You know, you were you were intending to send one message, but because there's not that that visual cues and body language and, and there's not that tone and inflection, somebody else took it completely different. And, right. and now there's an issue that you have to deal with. So I, I think that's something that's always um, something to be cognizant of. So while while you're sending stuff back and forth, I think whenever you can at least go go voice on something, if mm-hmm. not, you know, some kind of VTC, I think that helps to make sure that the message that you're transmitting is, is the correct one that's being received. Right. No, good point, good and, point, Chief. And we, um, you know, we we were talking with the first sergeants yesterday too, and and one of the things that we're trying to be careful of is like, you know, some people working from home, um, you know, they they don't uh, that that's not their 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 uh, desired environment, you know, like you know right. they 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 thrive with social interaction. 
So we, we've got to look at both sides of this, you know, the people that are, are do, doing very well from home, but then mm-hmm. some of those that really need to be coming back in the office. So I think we're going to see a lot of one-offs, you know, and hopefully our first sergeants and chiefs can get involved with trying to really pay attention to uh, the individual person and trying to see what works best for them. Yeah, right, that's a that's a good point. So when, when I was doing that telecommuting for the four years, uh, it was interesting because there were other folks there in Panama City Beach that were also telecommuting. And what we would do is for the social interaction, we would actually get together mm-hmm. uh, and and we rented a little bit of, of office space to be able to go in just so you had some of that, that social interaction that was going on there. Even though people work for different companies and so on and so forth, you had some of that where you, you didn't feel that isolationism at, at the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, what I'm looking forward to is, um, you know, more like that six uh, months, year, two years down the road when we have, uh, We've really gotten some of these technologies locked in and how do we, um, you know, redistribute and balance a UTA, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a lot of things that uh, we're challenged with is those time constraints within a UTA. We have those 16 rough hours, right? Give or take based on uh, the schedule uh, and other parts of the commitment. But uh, being able to use some of these um, new assets that are here, the, these platforms, and offload some of those um, minor things that eat up so much time during a UTA, maybe some of the pre-meetings, things like that. With the the better technology, I think we'll see a lot more buy-in because Mm -hmm. we're used to it now uh, to take some of those pieces off the UTA and then allow for more training and other items that kind of get eaten away during that UTA. I'll tell you what, I I think the big winners in this whole thing really are reservists, right? Right. Because because before we kind of had to like, you know, scrimp and save and, and see what kind of media we could use for things. But now that that it's hit everybody in big air force and big government and stuff. Right? We're like, Hey, sweet. Now, now we have a bunch of new toys that we can use for, for being able to do these things and VPNs more robust and so forth. Yep. Whereas, you know, before you're going to VPN in and you're like, Oh man, this is built felt like I should, you know, put a quarter in the slot and hope, hopefully I got some dial up speed or something. But uh, so, so really out of the whole thing, while it has been unfortunate and, and there's been a lot of challenges, really, I think we're coming out on the plus side with this whole thing with just more, more opportunities and options like you were talking about. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so you, you've brought up a couple of times, um, you know, some of those experiences with the, the 44th now, um, I think that was it. The, mm-hmm. And then, uh, your previous experience with the 919th and chief, you're coming out of DM, uh, as, as a, a command uh, chief before the NAF. I was, I think that shows some key pieces about movement, right? So when mm-hmm. we talk about leadership opportunities, some of the conversations we had recently, mm-hmm. um, was, uh, the need to, to, to move and expand those experiences. I was wondering if you guys can kind of uh, expand on that thought, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the best advice I ever got was, uh, I did 14 years active duty, came off active duty as a tech sergeant, went into a master sergeant slot. And, um, you know, the best advice I got was, hey, once you hit master sergeant, start looking around for, for other jobs. Uh, I was pretty fortunate, active duty side, that I had a wide breadth of experience. So I'd already done my, my national capital region stuff. I'd already had joint assignments. I'd already been an instructor things like that. But, you know, um, if you want to be able to continue to move up, you're going to have to start moving around. Um, because, you know, I could have stayed where I was. Um, but I, I never would have got to senior. I was sitting in a master sergeant IMA slot and I found another opportunity and went to Seymour Johnson and, uh, as a reservist, boom, got put on senior. And then I went down to Tyndall and when uh, was at Tyndall as a senior for a while, and and I could have stayed there, retired as a as a senior, and then I saw an opportunity for a, a chief position out at Little Rock. So then then I went out to Little Rock, 
Uh, and, and then, hey, I want to be a command chief. So then, then I went to Duke Field with the 919 Special Operations Wing. So you're going to have to move around. The good thing is, is that the family normally doesn't have to move around. Uh, right. Obviously, that may be different for arts and, and AGRs. But if you want to move up, you're going to have to move around. And what's awesome about that is that you're bringing experience from other tribes. And that's really what adds to your secret sauce there. Right. Is that you're you have a breadth of experience. You've seen how other tribes do business and you're able to bring all that goodness to wherever it is you're going. And that puts you head and shoulders over somebody who's been, you know, same place their whole career, hasn't gone anywhere else and done anything else. If you think about it, it's kind of like, you know, imagine if if you want to be able to sit down, and have a conversation with somebody who grew up and lived in that same small town their whole life and never went anywhere and did anything or someone who's been a world traveler and you're able to hear about all these these awesome experiences and stuff that they've done. So that's that's my two cents. Chief Malcolm, what do you think? You know, I, I kind of start with, uh, with I think, the, the base of what we are, which is that citizen airman culture, right? We've right. got to embrace the fact that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, if, if you were active duty prior and you went to, like when I went out to Luke, uh, I came in as a senior airman off active duty at Luke Air Force Base, didn't really know a whole lot about the reserve. Um, but, uh, you know, we had a, we had a group of people there that just loved being at Luke. Right. Right. Um, so we can't forget that that's kind of our baseline, right? We, we're, 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 the reserve is set up to where we don't have to PCS or move. So I want to make sure that I encourage people to, um, to stay where they're at. If they want, you do not have to go anywhere. If you're happy doing your job and you want to stay at that base, by all means, stay there. We need you to continue to, you know, turn that wrench or tap on that keyboard or whatever it might be. Um, but, but to, uh, to Chief Bischoff's uh, point, you know, if you start, if your desire is to lead at a higher level, um, you may have to make those changes, right? Um, because yeah. the opportunity just may not be there for you at that base. Right. Um, it's not like I'm, we're, we're not forcing you to go somewhere. We're just saying, hey, if that opportunity, the opportunity you're looking for is not at your current base, you may have to change statuses. You may have to change yeah. bases. Right. And we'll help you get there through the EDP process. You know, and that, right. that's why it's important to make sure you fill that out every year so you're, you can tell it, that's your way of telling the Air Force what you want out of your career. And then I can help vector you there. I agree, Chief. Right? It's not negative to stay in the same place. And no, no. I, I, we don't want to put any of that negative light on there. Um, by any means, you know, um, it, it comes down to um, it, it, where is that breadth of experience, right? So even internal to um, a, local, a local base, right? So let's use JBSA as an example. Yeah. Um, we have um, two different wings um, mm -hmm. and two different NAPs. And then we also have ARPC over at Randolph. So depending on what your skill set is and your ability to adapt, you have opportunities, at least within that area, right, to move between those those units uh, right. and get that breadth of experience. And then also, if uh, you're willing to drive a little bit, we um, we have a base at Dias, not too far. We also have... Um, uh, Carswell up in Dallas, which is not too far, Barksdale, you know, that, they may push out some of those, those realms, but most of these things you could be home at night if needed or still fairly close with the uh, minimal impact. But the point being is more of that, that breadth of experience and not, um, being focused with the same problem set, right? We're, we're trying to develop that critical thinking piece. And, and that's, that's something that that's important. I think even, um, uh, you know, if you want to stay where you're at and you like what you're doing and you like the area and everything, that's again, that, that's perfectly fine. Um, it, it's just a matter of if you're, if you're wanting to look like Chief Malcolm was talking about for some of these, these more senior positions, you know, you're not just sitting there waiting for somebody to retire or, or move on or something probably isn't a good life plan. Right. So right. you want to look and see what other opportunities, and it, it may require changing statuses, like you said, or, 
or changing locations. And if that's something you really want to do, then then that's fine. If not, if you want to stay where you're at, one of the greatest maintainers I've come across was up there at, at Duke Field at the 919th. And he'd spent his whole career there, but that guy knew stuff inside out, backward, forward. He was he was a ninja, not only of of that location and what was going on there and the history and stuff. I mean, he was the the bedrock of what was happening there. So, right. which which is fine. But the other thing he did that was awesome is when it came time for annual tour, he he'd go hit some other base, kind of like you were talking about, and right. learn some of their you know secret ninja ways and and bring that back to the to the home tribe. But uh, it, it it all comes down to what your goals are, what you want to do. And, and like Chief Malcolm was talking about, you know, put that in your REDP. That's that's why we've really been pushing that, not just for another paperwork exercise, but so that way we know what you want to do, where you want to go and how we can kind of vector you there. Mm-hmm. Right. Expectations management at that point, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about that REDP um, and we've uh, really been uh, beating that drum over the last few years as it's become uh, a much more refined tool. Um, Chief Malcolm, I, I think you've probably said on a couple of boards at this uh, point, uh, is there any um, kind of words of advice about an REDP that you could give us? So it was about five years ago. I, I'll be honest, I didn't even know what an REDP was. That was when we were first starting to try to jump into it. So I kind of started looking at it and, and kind of the easiest way to explain it was that, hey, that's your opportunity to tell the Air Force what you want out of your career, you know? Yeah. And if you start there, you know, then it's then it becomes a little easier to digest and understand because now it's just me as an individual going into that system and saying, okay, here's what I want out of my near term, my here's my my near term goals, my my mid term, and my long term goals. So I just came off of the board uh, up at Buckley here uh, two weeks ago, um, and we looked at uh, I was looking at all the chief records that were coming through. Um, you know, so it, the biggest thing that we were seeing is that um, as you put these in, you're going to get vectors every single year. So when you get a vector um, that says, hey, you need to go complete this course or we suggest you do this, you really need to work on those things. Because if you're telling us this is your desire is to become a group chief somewhere, I'm going to help you get there. But you got to help yourself, too. Right. So if I look at your record a year later and you still haven't done any of those things we told you to do last year, it's a little harder to continue to vector you towards, you know, something even bigger. Right. You know, so I would say I would suggest that, you know, take those vectors seriously, try your hardest and then put some comments into your EDP. If you weren't able to take that senior joint PME class last year because you got deployed or something happened. Hey, no problem. Just put it in there. Tell us that you're working on it and, right. and we'll take that into consideration. The whole idea is to find a way to get you where do you want to be. That's okay. really what we want to do. Right. I mean, that's the key piece there, right? Because it goes not only um, from you as the the, me- the member, right? It goes to your uh, supervisor. Often it'll go to another senior leader, whether it's your commander um, or a group superintendent or command chief. And then it uh, goes on to the board. And uh, there's some some valuable comments that, it, that go in there. I know as um, a group superintendent, there's a couple of superintendents where, you know, I'm helping to find some of those vectors for them at a local level. And giving them some advice. And then the other piece uh, that I, I don't think we hit often is the mentor piece, right? So with the REDP, prior to submission to the board, you can send it to a mentor. And then we as mentors uh, can look at that and provide some inputs of maybe, hey, you need to identify that mm-hmm. piece, like, like you just said, Chief Malcolm, about you, you didn't do this for this reason or whatever, yeah. right? That's a great point. You know, it just kind of gives an internal look um, to, to somebody to somebody that you trust. Say, hey, you know, take a look at my record really quick and see what you see. Um, and what do, I, what do I need to add before it goes to the board? That's a great right. point. Uh, make sure you get into get it to one of the mentors. And then, um, you know, on the, the the Raider and then the senior enlisted, I would always say that try to make sure that is flowing through your your senior enlisted your organization before it goes to the um, before it goes to the board. 
Right. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from a squadron commander putting comments or something like that, but really I want, I want the senior enlisted in your organization to, to hit that before it goes to the board, because that's, you know, this is an enlisted development plan, you know, as a chief of the organization, I would like to see the command chief vectoring, uh, you know, those seniors and chiefs coming through to, to the board. Right. And you have a lot of good resources, don't you, Chief Bischoff, from when it comes to REDP, I think you've got SharePoint. And everything. I, I do. So uh, started kind of populating that here before I left, but uh, but now that we have a PA person, uh, we're we're set up super for success. Uh, thus, we're having these these podcasts. But um, I've been working on a lot of different content out there at the forty fourth, and I'm bringing all that back with me. So um, we have guides for filling out your RADP, what one looks for, or what one uh, a good one looks like. Um, uh, done some recorded a few WebExes on those kinds of things, Um, awards and decks, you name it, anything, you know, writing EPRs, bullet writing. I've got tons and tons of content to be able to put out there. So there'll be email coming out shortly to everybody saying, here's where it is on the SharePoint. Um, uh, We're going to call it Chief's Corner. We're going to get it stood up. And and so that way anybody can access it at any time. And if you have a question about something, you can go back, take a look and have that answer. It sounds like an future podcast. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I've been taking up a lot of your guys' time this morning, and I really do appreciate uh, uh, all the the words of wisdom. I was wondering if um, you might have any um, parting words for our gladiators, uh, Chief Malcolm. So I'll tell you the three things that that General Borgen and I um, focus on as priorities within 10th Air Force um, are, you know, number one is is caring for airmen and our families. Um, You know, that that is so important, especially right now. I mean, I know we have a lot of people out there that are out of work, you know, stressed with their childcare situations and having to take care of that. Um, you know, working from home when that hasn't been a thing in the past. So uh, our number one priority right now is to really make sure that we are care. We, we, those aren't just words, you know, we are trying to find ways to reach out to our airmen to say, Hey, what do you need? How can we help? Right. Um, and that's, you know, that starts with our first sergeants and, and their chiefs and the commanders and stuff, trying to make sure that we're, uh, we're getting out there and seeing our people. Um, Second priority that we do is is um, providing combat power to the COCOMs, right? Um, and what does that look like? I'm excited to be here this weekend to kind of see what the 960th part is in that combat power. Um, so, uh, I'm, you know, being a maintainer, I get to learn a lot today from from my uh, cyber uh, brothers and sisters. So I'm excited for that. Um, and then um, and our third priority is uh, is is TFI, um, but also keeping that that citizen airman concept in our mind about that. Right. You know, you guys are integrated here at the 960th, several different levels with uh, with your active duty partners. Um, and we want to make sure we're encouraging uh, a very good relationship when it comes to uh, comes to that. But uh, we cannot uh, lose focus of that citizen airman culture. That's right. that's very important to us. Yeah, even though we've become operationalized uh, quite well, you know, we can't lose that piece of where our our uh, members are coming from. Right. That civilian knowledge, mm-hmm. um, those civilian requirements. And then that that workload balance between family, uh, citizen airmanship, and uh, your work life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Chief Bishop. Any closing remarks? Or I mean, I didn't cl- uh, cut you off, Dad. Chief. No, not at all. I appreciate the opportunity to to sit down. My very first podcast, which I've, I've I'm, I'm enjoying quite a bit. So I appreciate you guys inviting me over. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> now that now that Chief Malcolm has literally stolen all my thunder, um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try and just just uh, add a couple of things. Um, so. But during, you know, through all this, we talked about challenges and so forth. The important thing also to remember, uh, besides the resiliency and everything is, and a part of the resiliency really is, is leadership, right? So, and you can, you can lead at at any level. Um, 
And the most important thing about leadership is knowing where you're going, right? Because that's how you're a leader, not a manager. And, and I tell people uh, a lot recently, um, let's say you're, you're going up, um, you know, you're going to climb Everest. The guy that you're following probably isn't necessarily, you know, the richest, the smartest, the most handsome, but here's the deal. He knows where he's going and that's why you're following him because otherwise you're going to die, right? So, um, and you can lead at, at, at any level. You don't have to have a bunch of stripes or a bunch of rank or anything to lead at your level. Uh, and the most important thing, I think, uh, when you're doing, uh, when you're being a leader at that level is not only knowing where you're going and inspiring others to follow you, but keeping an eye on, on your fish tank. What I mean by that is uh, General Highholt, former AFSOC commander, used to talk to leaders all the time, what's your fish tank look like? And he'd put a slide up there and in the slide showed this just putrid fish tank. And there's, you know, scuba Steve's upside down, a little swimmer guy. And, <laughs> and you know, there's dead fish all over the place. And, and it looks like a really nasty pond. And, and he said, this is, this is an example of toxic leadership. This is what happens when you have, you know, racism and favoritism. And, and you know, I mean, just, just total toxicity. He's like, nothing can survive. Nothing's going to flourish whatsoever. Um, and then he'd show another one and, you know, there's a little bubbler over in the corner with a little sea chest and scuba Steve swimming around and there's a bunch of fish and it's, it's very clean fish tank and so forth. And, and, um, he said, oh, this is an example of, of a good, healthy leadership environment, right? Fish are able to flourish. You know, there's, there's a lot of awesome things going on here. Uh, and we don't have any of those, those kinds of things that are holding you back or holding you down. So, um, I would just say, as you're leading at your level, wherever your level happens to be, one know you know know where you're going, have a vision right. for that, and and getting other people inspired. And number two, always keep an eye on your fish tank and making sure that uh, that it's clean and that it's it's a place that airmen and their families can flourish. Awesome, Chief. You know, another great uh, audio visual there you know, with this story. I mean, uh, the way you, you tie these things together just amazes me. And I'm not trying to blow smoke uh, on the backside at all. Uh, I actually get quite uh, tickled with the, some of those uh, those examples you, you you bring together, right? And the way we can tie that together. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, and uh, again, I appreciate uh, Chief Malcolm, your time. Chief Bischoff, uh, your time as well. Um, and I wanted to, to sign off with uh, our gladiators with, uh, you know, uh, please uh, listen to the words that uh, we shared today. Um, you know, they, these are opinions, but uh, definitely uh, some good words of, uh, of experience. Um, thank you for your dedication to your country. Thank you uh, for your dedication uh, uh, to your uh, unit. And uh, thank you for uh, all the time that you provide and, uh, and give to, uh, to us as a, a reserve. Uh, with that, gladiators, have a good day.